Hello, Tire Business readers, and welcome to our podcast series. My name is Don Detour, editor of Tire Business, and today I'm speaking with Brent Heshey, CEO of Edmonton, Alberta-based Fountain Tire. Brent has served as CEO of Fountain Tire since 2005. He is the former chair of the boards of directors of the YPO Alberta Saskatchewan chapter, the Western Canada Tire Dealers, and the Support Network. He has served three terms as chair of the Board of Governors of the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology, where he, had the, where he led the largest fundraising campaign in the institution's history, raising more than $120 million to develop campus learning spaces. Brent, it's a pleasure to have you here with me. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Don. I look forward to uh, talking with you today. Um, for those of our listeners in the U.S. who might not be as familiar with your company and its reach, could you provide a brief overview, including its history, its growth over the last two-plus decades, and perhaps its strategy moving forward? Sure. Uh, Fountain Tire was founded uh, on partnerships and flourishes under partnerships today. Our first store was in Wainwright, Alberta, opened in 1956, and uh, it was really open to serve the needs of the farming community and this innovative uh, providing on-the-farm service. And that first business uh, included Bill Fountain and Jack Fountain. Um, Bill is known as our founder. He and his brother Jack had the first uh, partnership store where they each own 50% of the business. Uh, Fountain Tire grew quickly from that one double bay garage and started to move across the province of Alberta and then across Western Canada. And today uh, we find ourselves close to being completely across Canada. Uh, in 1987, uh, there's another partnership story. Uh, Goodyear Canada um, purchased a minority position in the company. And so today, uh, with our store network, we have 160 stores uh, from the west to central Canada. Uh, in addition to our tire and vehicle service network for light vehicles, Fountain Tire is a leading provider of tires and tire-related services to commercial truck fleets, off-the-road vehicles used in agriculture, oil and gas, mining, and construction sectors. Now, the same values that helped us expand are still integral uh, to our business. And uh, what we talk a lot about today, and it's really our brand statement, but at Fountain Tire we say we're on this road together. And I think that speaks to our relationships, our partnerships with the store managers um, who own 50% of equity in the stores, and also with our suppliers and, of course, with our customers. Great stuff. Uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the, your store owners owning uh, 50% of the stores. Um, what are the benefits and, and challenges of this arrangement, and how has the model become so successful for you? Yeah, it's very unique. Um, it's uh, One thing that's cumbersome about it is you consistently have to uh, teach business leaders uh, if you have outside uh, experts helping you out or new suppliers. Uh, you have to kind of teach them this model because it isn't around, not just Canada, but really not around the world. And it truly is a model uh, where our manager owns 50% of that business, and that business is a separate legal entity. Uh, they own 50%, and we own 50%. So people would like to say, well, is it like a franchise? And it, 
it isn't really uh, because we run the corporate entity at best at break even. And so the only way that owners in the company, uh, corporate owners, can drive the value of the organization up is to have the local store succeed. So we're really lined up corporately uh, to uh, make sure we have long-term wins with a customer because that's the only way we've been able to create a viable business in the space we're in. Uh, we take away the distracting things, uh, that some might call like payroll, accounting, distribution, the technicalities of marketing, and those come off the table and we let the owners focus on taking care of the customer. And we've done that uh, for a long, a long time. Uh, the manager then has the autonomy to make decisions that are right for the customers, and they're highly involved in their own communities, and really they're making the right decision for their communities as well. I think there's a lot of chains that are always looking for consistency, and I would say our consistency lies in our focus on trying having a community focus. We're consistent about that across all of our stores. Uh, the, the ownership model requires both parties to collaborate uh, almost on a daily basis, agree on major business decisions, and ultimately have a great deal of trust in one another. Uh, that's where our efficiency can come from, to offset the maybe not-so-efficient need to constantly collaborate. Uh, the collaboration and consultation process can take time uh, to ensure we're making the right decisions, that we have a common understanding of the execution, and that it's right for all partners in the business. So Tom Tyler, owning your own business is not just a dream. It's truly attainable. Um, we... Uh, as you can appreciate when you think about how much onus we put on that owner, uh, we believe local ownership drives the right kind of engagement. So it's not surprising that our biggest area of focus, you can call it a challenge uh, or call it an opportunity, but it's vital for the future of our company, is that recruitment of owner-manager uh, that we can get to engage properly in the communities. So finding that skilled talent in our industry is a challenge overall. And to help support our skilled talent pipeline, Fountain Tire fosters our associates throughout their careers with training and programs. Uh, we have a program called AIM. It's Advancement in Management. And a couple of years ago, we augmented that with a program called DRIVE that starts to key in more on leadership and starts to prepare managers to become 50% owners as well because that isn't... Um, a common form of education out there because we have such a unique business model. Uh, so uh, within that drive program, there are coaches that work together with up-and-coming associates in a formal process to gain hands-on experience to one day have the opportunity to become not just a local owner, but a successful one. And we're also doing some planning around recruiting talent from outside the industry and then determining how our program needs to support building their industry knowledge. So that is just an ongoing uh, major focus and strategy for our company. Well, it, your model seems to work. As Canadian Business Magazine recently named the company among the best managed in Canada. Um, and Found Tire has been routinely recognized in that regard. Uh, congratulations are in order for this. Uh, what does that mean for your company, and what tips can you share with other tire dealerships who aspire to be similarly honored? Yeah, thank you. It, it is a, 
it is a great honor. Uh, when we first um, made that step to be recognized as one of Canada's best managed, it would kind of go back to the first comment. It was about partnerships. You know, the people looking at our model were taking it as a point of differentiation. Uh, but getting in and being recognized as a best managed company is just to start. A really good process in there that causes them to come back and check in with you um, to see how you are doing on the goals that you set that sometimes might be the eye-catching part of uh, being honored, but then you have to start to deliver upon it. So uh, um, it's uh, it's something that we value uh, because uh, we've had to work hard to retain this status since 1994. And, and with us, uh, like a lot of companies, especially in our space, we're, we're really in a customer intimate play uh, being a tire dealer. And so our people definitely are our biggest strength. And above all else, developing talented business owners is our priority and is the one uh, the ways that we live our brand of on this road together. Uh, we have developed and promoted a ton of leaders from within. Uh, eight of the nine leaders on our leadership team started in less senior roles and earned progressively more responsibility over the years. Now, the other thing I would... Uh, suggest and maybe it's our story it, it, and I guess it comes in the form of advice and others looking um, to, uh, to get involved with the best managed program but it's really helped us and we've really gotten better at understanding where we make our money and what is costing us money uh, so it's really helped us to buckle down uh, in western Canada a heavy oil and gas reliant economy hit a recession a few years ago and being able to push and grow sales and manage expenses to come through that um, has taken uh, some really focused uh, management. It's it's uh, it's it was a pretty tough year economically uh, in Canada last year, especially in the West, and uh, we had a record sales year. Um, I would also uh, say to other higher companies. Uh, Things many would already know, but investing in human resources from entry-level employees all the way to leadership team is key to uh, the progress we're making today. And I think it's true whether you're an independently-owned shop or a large corporation. Our independently-owned shops, which we own 50% at the corporate level, the rock star ones continue uh, to focus on their people and develop, developing them. And uh, though I might not have a list of the formal education they put their people through, when I visit with them, their passion is always on growing and developing their people for their business. And they always have a few in the queue that they're hoping will become 50% owners someday at a different location. Um, constant listening. Some of our best and most profitable ideas have come from our store owners. Um, we always put people at the core of our business, be our associates, suppliers, partners, and customers to find a way to collaborate with those people every day. And then finally, I'd say understand what it takes uh, when the going gets tough. Uh, a lot of companies can make incredible money in a strong economy, but it's uh, been helpful for us to ask ourselves what we would do to sustain our business in a tough period. Um, many years ago, probably a decade ago, um, we had a really tough time with the computer install and I would say in that particular year, we didn't feel like uh, one of Canada's best managed companies. Uh, 
And uh, as a result, we actually were interviewed a little bit more to qualify for that status, which, which gave uh, the ward even more credibility in our eyes. But I remember learning from those interviews, um, people saying one thing that some of the best companies in Canada do properly is we react in the right way and slightly change course during a tough period. We had to in that situation, uh, and that, that has helped us to be a better managed company. And it, and it seems like um, that comes right from the top. Uh, congratulations are in order for you, too, for receiving the Northern Lights Award of Distinction, uh, which was awarded by the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce uh, for your corporate community and industry leadership. Talk about some of your personal philosophies relative to the communities that your business serves and, and how it's the backbone that you might approach the business with. Yeah, thanks. That was, a, that was quite a day accepting the award because the morning, uh, my wife and I attended a funeral uh, just outside of Edmonton. It was the funeral of our founder, Bill Fountain's widow. Uh, so uh, we had been at that funeral. And uh, so it was a bittersweet day, and in the evening we were into Edmonton to uh, accept this award. Um, and though and the award was, they say it was to the individual, it also uh, I wouldn't have happened in my view if I hadn't been associated with Fountain Tire. So I, I think that uh, that award that talks about um, being involved in the community, um, being a leader in business, it, it really is our business philosophy. And uh, one market at a time, one fifty-fifty owner at a time. But this common engagement with the community to give back, but with great linkage to the business, uh, I think is uh, pervasive within our company. I've spoken about our focus on partnership, and I do share that same philosophy personally. Um, that shared thinking attracted me to the company 25 years ago and allowed me to take a leadership position um, as a it's been a key driver in our growth and expansion, a combination of partnering with our people in the field and, and with uh, uh, great community groups um, that uh, do a lot of things to make the community a lot better. Um, leadership, in my mind, goes beyond the office and into the local community. Uh, some examples would be uh, I really enjoy being involved with Canada's largest polytechnic. Uh, it's known as NATE, Northern Alberta Institute of Technology. And I uh, was uh, honored to serve as the chair of the board there uh, for uh, a number of years and allowed me to give back to the community and to industry and at the same time develop relationships with potential associates or partners for our company. Um, I'm just finishing up uh, my role as chair with the Automotive Industry Association of Canada. Uh, that office is out of Ottawa. It really helped give me a great national perspective on the automotive aftermarket. And I was the first, uh, let's say, tire tire person or tire guy uh, to be nominated as chair to the aftermarket. So uh, that was really, uh, really interesting, uh, even beyond the national level. There's a lot of community and local focus with that group. So for me, it's important to model community and industry involvement. Again, mirrors our corporate culture, partnership, and giving. Uh, Fountain Tire has a long history of supporting charitable and business development organizations from our office. And across the country, Fountain Tire store owners choose the local charities that uh, they want to support. So uh, community involvement is brought to life in a variety of ways, from restoring 
Ones Town's original fire truck. I remember one of our store partners did that uh, to hosting another community's annual soapbox derby. So uh, that award, um, certainly I got to go up and accept it, but um, it was a real tribute uh, to this uh, community and partnership approach that we had throughout the whole company. Great. Some good stuff there. Um, let, let's switch gears a little bit and talk maybe about the, the leadership and, and uh, some of the avenues there. What are some of the recent technologies and innovations that have made a positive impact on uh, the success of Fountain Tire? Well, despite its expense, we're not scared to invest in the latest equipment and technology. Uh, so we're able to properly service our customers' vehicles and fleets. Um, but we have learned that we, uh, at the same pace and with that same uh, financial enthusiasm, have to invest equally aggressively in training. Uh, so uh, that's one area for sure that we're, uh, we're working hard with in technology. And we also invest in uh, learning from our customers what they're looking for. We're always striving with the one question of, would you recommend us to your friends and family? And this question has made many great impacts in our customer experience and allowed us to make improvements and changes in how we operate. Is that asked of every customer? Uh, it may not be uh, figuratively, figuratively, like it's in our mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're thinking about it all the time, and you can ask that questions, those questions in many ways. Um, I think if we did it with every customer, it could be, be annoying. But we do... Uh, through our um, focus on um, net promoter score methodology, we eventually get to every customer asking if they would recommend this to their friends and family. Sure. I know in talking to dealers in the States here, um, they talk about um, millennials becoming such a large part of their customer base and how um, they have to adapt business. Uh, what have you seen from that perspective in Canada? Well, there d- definitely it is uh, something that's talked about um, in terms of uh, employees, getting the right employees and leading and managing them. But but to focus on them as a customer base, um, and while we work at this, we've, <laughs> regardless of age, we think as an industry, uh, we need to treat each customer with respect to being transparent in our communications and offer exceptional customer service. Uh, we know younger audiences demand information, convenience, honesty, and trust. We are no longer in the driver's seat to determine how they are to be serviced. Rather, we need to understand the ways in which our business is to adapt to meet the changing, changing needs. Uh, so digital is extremely important. We are placing more resources against our digital improvements that hit the mark with this type of customer. Chat, appointment bookings, online profiles, text messages, service reminders, and most importantly, having our staff interacting with the way that they choose. So, you know, how do you service and interact with a Fountain Tire customer? It's almost any way they want to be interacted with is what we've had to adopt. There are certainly disruptions in the industry in forms of uh, new store formats to appeal to younger audiences. 
Um, but I think a lot of the new store format, things like that, part of it is appealing to younger audiences. But I think stores in the future will be more appealing to the adaptation of technology and the store formats and that we need to be ready beyond uh, audience age and a little bit more adapting to the emerging technologies. But really, since opening our doors more than 60 years ago, Fountain Tire has prided itself on its personal one-to-one service and connection to the community. And those same values ring true to today's consumer, even as we evolve and technology lifts up different ways to do business. So adaptation might look like a focus on customer service and offering a personalized touch. Ours certainly has. Uh, Last year, we embarked on a brand refresh project and what surfaced was a renewed focus on the customer. Our success has become uh, or has come from treating customers' vehicles as if they were our own. And we have taken the core values that have guided our company for decades and refined them as personalized service and a collaborative approach. And I think those two elements certainly resonate uh, with millennials. Um, what trends are you seeing in the market today, and particularly in, in the markets that you serve, like uh, commercial and, and ag tires? Okay, yeah, we break it down. Let me, if you look at the light vehicle or the consumer side, um, we certainly see an opportunity to keep working to improve the amount of fulfilled maintenance or vehicle roadworthiness in Canada. Uh, we think it's around 50% of the whole universe of having um, a vehicle fully maintained. And if you use the example, that would be every vehicle on the road was up to stuff according to the owner's manual of the vehicle. Uh, Canada's tracking at 50%. So lots of room to grow on the light vehicle side. Uh, we see the trend of ride sharing, uh, particularly in urban centers. Uh, we watch the trend. Uh, self-driving vehicles we see uh, in our own city um, public transport being tested in very contained uh, areas on self-driving the rise of telematics uh, where that customer data will reside uh, we feel it very very important that it reside with the customer and the customers would continue to have the right to repair and we definitely see the trend of customers are more curious want to understand better they ask better questions and ultimately want to feel great about the purchase that they're making. On the off-road tire side, uh, there seems to be a trend of uh, global supply shortages uh, in 18 and it's carried into 2019 and we plan for it to be the case in 2020. Um, our OTR business is quite varied from large haulage and open pit mine. Uh, we service to underground ore mining, scrapers, graders, loader tires. And because of our geographic footprint, it's so large in Canada, uh, market trends vary region by region and industry to industry. So um, the, the traditional like gold mining in one pro- uh, province could be soft, uh, but then oil and gas is actually mined now in the oil sands, and that could be stronger. So we're always uh, working on that, that balance. Um, on the commercial truck side, uh, we serve a variety of fleet types, both large and small. Uh, fleet types continue to want and demand consistency, 
uh, from a service provider that has a network of stores like ours. And the value reporting and information, fleet tracking as a way to minimize expense and increase uptime. Uh, there's a trend of increasing demand for offshore shore tires, uh, particularly with mid uh, size and smaller size fleets. And uh, the trend of oil price fluctuation and uh, how we lead, that leads to increase and decreased activity in Western Canada, which impacts the tire and sales service we have to manage accordingly. Uh, retrading also comes into play when you think about uh, the commercial vehicles, the increasing demand for offshore tires, and uh, that becomes very price-wise, uh, starts to put pressure up uh, selling the value of retrading. But our largest customers that value retrading and understand its benefits on minimizing the cost per mile, uh, we tend to sell to them uh, more than we ever have, and the customers that don't really have the tools to measure that cost per mile, uh, that part of the retread business is declining a bit, and we're a bit concerned about that trend. And the final would be farming. We, we started on farms. Uh, Fountain Tire and Wainwright started to help out the farmer. It's become very big business, incredibly uh, technologically savvy business. And uh, so being an expert in this area is starting to get us reacquainted at a lot more technical level. Uh, with our farm customers, uh, and different fluctuation of tires uh, that can lead to needing uh, a real good understanding of uh, pounds per square inch of uh, inflation below a sidewall. So a lot of things moving past there, um, and very sophisticated buyers. So uh, yes, that's uh, some of the trends that we see in the different categories in the way that we look at the tire business very much like the U.S. market. Mm. Um, how would you characterize the, the difference between um, the U.S. and Canadian markets? And, and I guess, what, what can dealers learn from on both sides of the border from each other? Yeah, I don't, we don't find a great deal of difference um, other than uh, the advice I would have along those questions. It makes me think that uh, it's almost profound how much we can learn from one another. And so Canada is vast, much like the U.S., big, big economy. The U.S. economy, obviously, a lot bigger. Um, but, but big, uh, big landmass in Canada. Um, not the same population. I think our population might be similar to California, but then we have more geography. So, uh, pretty sparsely populated would probably be the biggest difference. But when you get down into, um, the business, because we spend a lot of time with American uh, tire dealers just to understand what's going on in their world. Uh, but funny enough, it all comes back down to the customer and how to service them. And we're worried about industry disruption, technology, young buyers, younger workforce, SKU proliferation and managing working capital responsibly, relevancy of off offshore tire manufacturers, Big issues for us, I've talked about them in the other questions, and those are really the, the five issues we get talking with American Tire Dealers about. Um, does Fountain Tire uh, sell uh, online, and uh, why, or not, why, why or why not? Fountain Tire does not sell online yet. Uh, as part of our brand work we did last year, we looked at what differentiates Fountain Tire in the marketplace. 
and the recurring themes, those strong partnerships. Uh, we bring that to life through personalized one-to-one service. We want for our customers to feel like we're on the road together with them, that their problems become our problems, that we solve them together. Now, we are planning our e-commerce strategy and how we can stay relevant with digital advances while continuing to live out our brand problems and not to be too transactional. Uh, we know the majority of consumers still want their tires installed by professionals. And we have a vast network of stores that we can direct any digital activity toward to complete the sale and installation. We believe that this is the end game and how we will stay relevant. However, the digital channel cannot be ignored. We're not ignoring it. And we have plans, but we have not verified in our category that a bunch of investment in this area is converting at high levels uh, to actual sales. So we are, let me say, we are in a hurry to do it right and to get it right and to not have to be reinvesting every couple of years. So we're taking our time. There's significant investments, and uh, and we feel uh, we're not behind the customer uh, today by doing where we're at. So we'll just keep moving forward, but not at a... Uh, uh, reckless pace. You talked a lot about the, the disruptions in the industry and over the last months, a ton of them here in North America. Uh, is there one um, that's maybe been impacted uh, your business the most, and uh, what is that, and, and how has it, uh, and why is it impacted it so much? I think in the, our day-to-day today, uh, the tariffs on tires and auto parts from China, the way that's impacting Canada is we may not have those to the same degree that has been put into play in the U.S. So we see dumping of offshore tires into Canada. Um, it's not a huge issue yet. I would say yet again. Uh, because uh, it's really bringing some of the pricing down. It's creating a little bit of margin pressure in some cases. And it's confusing our customers. Um, because we're having to resell the value uh, of, uh, of not just thinking there's value in an incredibly cheap tire. And so, uh, so that's causing... Uh, some challenges right now in Western Canada. Our, our big issue that uh, wouldn't be similar to disruption in the U.S., but um, we have a business environment right now that's not very friendly to the oil business, and the oil business isn't looking for any handouts, but is looking for infrastructure uh, to allow the landlocked oil of Canada um, to move uh, off off uh, offshore to flow, flow more easily into the U.S., so it's just a little bit of a um, environment that isn't incredibly friendly to business, and that's probably our biggest concern at this time, uh, causing uh, uncertainty, and volatility that affects the way you forecast, um, because. Uh, Oil is being consumed at uh, record levels month after month, and the pricing uh, is quite positive. But in Canada, 
because of the discount required to move our oil out, uh, we're not participating in that upside the same way. So we think we'd be selling a lot more tires and that our customers wouldn't be a lot better frame of mind uh, once we can start moving that oil more freely and let the capital markets do their thing. Great stuff. Thank you. Final question. Um, what keeps you up at night? Hmm. Uh, making sure that our growth is profitable. We have uh, a lot of growth opportunities. There was a period where we were always having to uh, proactively seek out growth, always hunting for it. Um, and, and it's a unique kind of growth we look for because we have to find someone, if we don't have the leaders, we have to find someone interested in selling 50% of their business and having good leadership at the store. And, uh, and we're starting to get some traction with that idea because what we offer is a successful uh, tire dealer, a chance to take 50% of the chips off the table, and we don't uh, care to own the real estate and we can sign a strong lease. And so when we can buy, acquire 50% of good businesses, we've found that we have profitable growth. Um, when we've acquired 50% of bad businesses, or by default had takeover businesses, we haven't always made that profitable growth. So, so just, we wake up at night wondering, how do we convince those tire dealers that don't have our sign that we really admire in different parts of Canada uh, to come to our side, uh, team up together, because I think with all the complexities and disruptions, there's never been a better time to have a partner. Um, and we at the, at the office are always working on these future concerns of disruption that people can spend a lot of time awfulizing about. So, um, and then we, we really are, uh, we've got a lot of great tire unit growth these days. And it's sometimes we can, uh, be selling units for the sake of units and not getting the whole profitability about it. So like the question, how profitable is that unit? How profitable is the service? How profitable is the customer? And how profitable is that segment of business? So some of those things that, that wake you up at night, you worry about often their questions and we're finding with, um, artificial intelligence that we're starting to put our toe in the water on and invest in some machine learning, um, we fall back to sleep a little bit quicker because we can actually answer some of these questions uh, that's going to lead to more profitable growth. So I'm very, very encouraged by that. And then, of course, we're always wondering about ensuring the future pipeline of skilled workers for our industry. It's always on our mind. Uh, a lot of that comes from skilled leadership. But we are stepping out of traditional partnerships and starting to consider polytechnics, universities, um, as really, really important suppliers in our business uh, in the same bucket as tire suppliers. They're just fundamental to our business and future growth. All right, Brett, well, I appreciate your time today, and uh, I, I uh, wish you and your company continued success. Well, thank you very much, John.